Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? It is Mike, Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. This is January 1st, 2022. I hope 2021 was a good year for you. 2020, 2021 were, I don't know, what should we say? Interesting years? Yeah, let's say that. I think 2022 is when we get we start to put all of this stuff behind us. Uh, we're going to learn to live with this thing. We are going to start uh, flexing our muscle, right? The, the world is going to come out of this. But I do have I do have some, you know, some things we need to watch out for. Uh, definitely inflation being the one. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, I look forward to coming out of this, I don't know, icky environment. So um, do me a favor. These Saturday live streams are for you. If you want to say uh, Happy New Year or Good Morning or whatever you would like, you can leave comments. I will do my best to recognize each and every one of you. Uh, we will start that off with Nathan. Uh, Happy New Year, buddy. Thank you for all you do. Uh, yeah. The One Rental at a Time community, which obviously includes you, Nathan, and everyone watching, is an amazing group of people. We are all players. Uh, we are all doing the work. We are all practicing. Um, you know, we other wins are not our losses. The, the, the One Rental at a Time community is, is amazing. Lumberjack, good morning, man. How you doing? Uh, DJIE, Happy New Year. Thanks for all you do. So a couple of things I have noted, because again, it is New Year's Day. I wasn't sure how many folks would join, but again, I'm a creature of habit and it is Saturday. So that means I need to do the live stream. I'm going to start off on a negative note uh, because I have been asked this dozens of times. So I thought I would uh, just share my thoughts. And that was, could we have World War Three? Um you know, that is always a possibility for sure. Uh, one of the things that I uh, I put some thought into this yesterday, and again, I am not calling for it. I don't want it. I hope it doesn't happen. It might be a 1% chance, but given I have been asked this a lot, let me pick up Sonny. How you doing, Sonny? You want to say hi to everybody? Hi, Sonny. Hi, Sonny. Uh, I thought I would answer the question just so I can point people to it. I don't have to answer it again. This is how I think a World War III scenario would, would play out. One, and these are the dominoes you need to watch. One, the China economy struggles. I believe the Chinese government has made some horrific decisions. They have a, a, a handgun and they've shot themselves in the foot until the clip is empty. And then they reloaded the clip and they did it again. So I don't think there's any question that the Chinese economy is struggling. Uh, I do believe, as we've talked about here in the last seven days, the Chinese government notices that, recognizes it, and are doing things to 
make it less bad. But nonetheless, step one of World War III is the Chinese economy gets bad, gets really bad. Step two, or the second domino to fall, the Chinese president, which I think is Xi, XI, he feels threatened. Um, he feels threatened from an uprising. He feels threatened from other insiders. Basically, he isolates himself and he feels like uh, he could frankly be taken out. If that's how he feels and he uh, wants to create a distraction, um, he is going to A, tighten his grip and he is going to invade Taiwan. He will invade Taiwan, create a distraction, create, you know, create something over here so the uprising gets squashed. If China invades Taiwan, the world reacts. The world reacts, including the U.S., I believe. Guess what happens after that? Then good old Vladimir Putin. Putin, Russia. What will Russia do? Well, Russia will join in support China and Xi. What Putin will do is go, oh my God, the world's over there. <coughs> I'm going to invade um, Ukraine. And then the world reacts and boom, we are in a world war. That's how I think it happens. If it does, again, I'm not calling for it. I don't think it happens. But you could definitely look at the chessboard and go, that could happen, that could happen, that could happen. I believe, uh, I believe it stops at step one. I believe the Chinese government already sees that they need to back off some things. I think they're going to come and, and bail out some of their uh, property developers. So I don't see it getting to that point. But yeah, I mean, could the China government China be bad? Yeah. Could she feel threatened? Yeah. Could he invade Taiwan to distract everyone? Yeah. Could the world do this? Yeah. I mean, you could at least look at the chessboard and go, damn, international conflict could be a problem in 2022. And if China does that, and then Putin follows up and invades Ukraine at the same time, oh my God, what did, what would, what would Biden do in that point? I don't even want to guess. I don't even want to guess. So yeah, that uh, that could certainly happen. Uh, let's say hi to everybody. Nathan, everyone's hungover except the parents with young kids. Yes, preach. That's funny. Yeah, your kids don't know it's January 1st, huh? That's funny. Or maybe they do, but they don't care. They, they want to get up early. That's funny. Um, JC Blast, good morning. Happy New Year. Uh, good. Uh, oh, that's good. Lumberjack wishing Ilana all the best, as you know. So, okay, so that's out of the way. Let's get that. To, let's move on to... I actually took this from a Grant Cardone interview. Actually, it wasn't an interview. It was one of his, I'm not going to sell you anything seminars. And then he spends the last hour trying to sell you something, which I always thought was funny. But the first hour or first 40 minutes, I found to be pretty good. I was, uh, I think I was running when I was listening to this. Basically, what are eight, eight things? No, six things you could do to change your life in 2022. I actually thought this was a pretty good list. I will go through his because, again, I believe in giving full credit, but I will twist them to the one rental at a time way. So number one, again, according to Grant Cardone, with my little twist, is discipline. Discipline. 
If you have noticed anything about one rental at a time, Michael Zuber, discipline is his thing. Right? When I have a focus, we do it. We do a daily show for a thousand days in a row. We talk to seven or eight multimillionaires for 52 weeks. It's kind of kind of who I am. One of the things that I try to bring in my course, How to Get Started One Rental at a Time, is discipline. I try to help you get that focus buy box and then hit you like every day, every day, every day, every day. So I agree. If you want to change something in 2022, discipline is key. And again, shout out to Jason Pritchard in Fresno, California. I'm trying to copy you, man. You have a journal that you look at every day. I now have a journal for my brand, One Rental at a Time. All the things that I should be doing, like following up with creators who want to create bonus content. Sometimes I let stuff slide. So I'm doing that every day. And then my workout of the day journal. So Jason, thank you very much. Jason came through with some great Burr content that will be loaded over the weekend. Um, but not every not every content creator came through. Ah, fell down. Sorry. Glad they didn't fall on my dogs. Um, so again, discipline is number one. Number two, confidence. This again came from Grant Cardone. Uh, how to have your best year ever or make 2022 your best year. I agree. Confidence is important. I also know that a lot of new investors lack confidence. That Thus, they invest in others or they trust other people or they, they trust people in their mom's basement looking at charts. Hey, here's five bucks. Tell me what I should do. Nonsense. If you are paying somebody five bucks to tell you what to do with the, most, with the largest investment ever, you're a fool. What I tell you to do is do the work. Practice, right? You stop being a spectator. You get in the game, you practice, you know your buy box, you understand average, and you have confidence. That's what I think number two is. Number three is you need to have an actionable plan, a schedule. Something that Grant did in the show is he pulled up his calendar and he showed how busy he was. One of the things that you will know about me is we have multimillionaires talking every day. My schedule in the morning is booked pretty much till 10 o'clock. I do believe in being consistent and keep moving forward, hence five videos a day. Number four, feedback, right? You need to take action. You're never perfect. You just keep moving forward. Uh, I agree. You need to always be receptive. I love the fact that I get questions still about the course. I get suggestions about what was lacking. For example, something that's lacking in the course that was brought up, I think, two weeks ago is, hey, Michael. Thank you for helping me understand what a deal is. I feel confident. I wrote an offer. I got the deal. But now what? I'm like, you know what? That stuff's not there. So thankfully, I've reached out to the Lumberjack and Dion. We are going to be creating some content there, bonus sections, probably by the middle of February. But again, some more content will be coming. So keep it up. And also, don't forget that I live off your feedback. A lot of you have seen the videos I did with Anna and then Dion and Matt, where I shared with you eight quotes that I got the last 10 days. That stuff is addicting. I get a bigger kick out of reading your success, you taking action, than getting another deal for myself. Number five, again, this is all Grant Cardone with my special twist, network. You need to get around other places. It's easy to stay a spectator. 
frankly, one thing I would strongly suggest if you are in this stance, you can't break away. This is self-serving, but it's what I would do. I would buy my course, How to Get Started, one rental at a time right now, because as I said earlier, it will go up on Monday. Because it comes with a free private Facebook group. If I was new and I was trying to break away from other spectators who were booing and going out partying, all of that, I would buy the course, do the work, but join the group so that I could see other people winning, other people doing the work. It's all there for you. That Facebook group is free to students, but worth the cost of the course every time. It is just amazing. And then finally, remember, success is your duty. If you want to have a better year, it's there for you, but you have to own it. You have to do the work. Stop paying people five bucks for super chat nonsense to tell you what to do. Do your own work. Look at your own buy box. Get around a thousand, now 11 or 1200 other amazing people and just do the work, people. Do the work. Something I want to ask you just because I thought about it. I have a website obviously called One Rental at a Time. Uh, I am now investing in that site and investing in this notion of do the work. They've created a lot of do the work. Um, I don't know. I guess they call it swag. When you get a chance, can you go take a look at that? Let me know what your favorite is and let me know what's missing. I just want this do the work thing to be um, sticky. It is, it is what I want to be known for. So, all right. So let's go back and say good morning to everyone. Uh, Larry, good morning. Invest to Wealth, good morning. Nathan, oh, questions. Remember, live stream questions. Let me see what we got. Let me see. Nathan has a question. I'm going to read the question because some of you listen to my podcast. You mentioned several times how you recycled cash from Norris Drive and it helped you get from 8 to 80. Cash out refis work well in a dropping rate environment. Okay, let's see. I think this continues. What does that look like in a raising rate and property value environment? Say you bought last year low rates ever, high property value, cash out refis become harder to avoid alligators in a rates double. Yeah, so again, um, all of that is true. We have all benefited from 40 years of declining rates. I've been trying to highlight for folks that the 70s are coming where rates and values go up. So a couple of things, Nathan. One is cash out refis allowed me to go from like one to two, two to three, right? They were incremental jumps. My eight to 80 story was not cash out refis. It was, um, I don't know, new assets. That's where I went from houses to apartments. That was 1031 exchanges. That was, hey, houses are overpriced. I'm going to go into an underpriced area. So again, recycling capital can be cash out refis, which are kind of increments. I have one, now I have two. I have two, now I have three. Uh, but the big jumps are 1031s, a house to a 10 unit, a house to an 18, two houses to a 13. Um, so that is that is really the jump. When you go eight to 80, it's not cash out refis. It is 1031. But back to the meteor question. Um Will I do cash out refi? So I now have some loans, as I've talked about with Velocity Mortgage at, let's call it 4%. Is it possible I do a cash out refi on those in, say, three years when the 30-year rate's 6%, right? Rising rate environment. Uh, 
And the answer is, yeah, it's possible. Uh, it's going to be about doing the math. If, for example, rents have gone up 20%, values have gone up 15%, and I could I can use that cash right now. Rates are six, but I can I know my market so well that I can I can earn 10 or 11. Yeah, I do cash out refis. Cash out refis don't stop in a rising rate environment. You just have to be better. In a low rate environment like we've had for the last two years, everybody and their brother can find good or great deals because the cost of capital is so low. In a rising rate environment, the investors have to be better. I fully expect that I will do some refinances to higher rates in the next decade. It's because I want to unlike that, unlock that dead capital, that dead money. And yeah, my mortgage payment will go up, but I will be a elite investor, as uh, Matt talks about. And uh, you know, if I have to pay six, I got to earn twelve, right? I want to double the cost of capital. Um, so yeah, it, it can happen. It's just it's harder, more expensive. But again, what people don't realize or appreciate, in my opinion, is the raise the rising rate environment coming is going to slow transactions, which is going to give us investors a better chance at doing better deals. But yes, always do the math. No alligators. Don't over leverage. All the same rules apply, Nathan. Thank you for the question. Roldan, good morning. Thank you for what you're doing. Roldan, thank you very much for that get your money right Excel spreadsheet. Uh, Matt and I will talk about it. Again, get your money right is a cheap $99 course that allows you to understand what you're doing. Needs versus want, discretionary money, price turns out time. It's a great course. Uh, that not a lot of people sign up for because most people are focused on real estate. But man, Get Your Money Right course is a foundational course uh, that keyed Olivia and I's growth. So uh, I'm glad you found that valuable. And thank you for the spreadsheet. We will look at it on Tuesday. Uh, Paul V, good morning. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, can you guys crazy? Whew. Rob, do the lazy. I'm not sure what that means. Do the lazy. Did I say lazy earlier? I don't remember. Maybe not. Uh, Julie, the network issue is a problem for me. I feel like I'm the only one that's doing this in my area. Oh, Julie. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, – the network one was a big, big one for me. Some of that was self-imposed. If I were to go back to my first three years, Julie, I thought the answer lived in Excel. I thought I could solve it myself. I was often doing my stuff in other countries and I wasn't I wasn't even open to the idea that there was other investors in Fresno. I didn't open myself up to networking with agents. So what I would tell you to do is um, first off acknowledging that awesome. Continue to engage in the Facebook group, but also get uncomfortable. Try to meet one new real estate agent or one new investor a week in your market. If you do that for June, February, and March, you will no longer feel alone. If you do one new person a week, Julie, probably by the end of March, you're going to have a new best friend. Think about that. 
you got another invest, and maybe it's not a best friend like you've known him forever, but you're going to have somebody you go to coffee with, and maybe it's even virtual coffee. Who knows? Um, Julie, I feel you. I think a lot of people feel alone. If you feel alone, get uncomfortable. Reach out. You know, you have a you're in the Facebook group, I believe. You have 1,100 other people. Get vulnerable, Julie. Tell the group that you feel this way, and I promise you, amazing people like Rolden or Nathan or all these other people, Dion that you see on here, Matt, somebody will reach out. Probably several people will reach out, and you will not feel alone anymore. Yeah, the key, the key to getting out of the dark is to turn on the light. But you have to turn on the light. So... I think a lot of us feel that way. I know I did. And the worst part, Julie, I didn't even know I felt that way. So you are ahead of me. So congratulations. I was so, I was, I don't know if arrogance the right word. I guess it wasn't arrogant. Although some people would call it that. I just didn't know. I just didn't know. Nobody in my life did, nobody in my life ever did real estate. When I bought that first house on Norris Drive, no one in my entire family, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, anybody owned a rental property. Nobody in my family has any money. If I had to guess, I don't know. Maybe I would guess the average net worth of my entire family, all the adults, so we'll keep the kids out of it for now. Is under a hundred grand. Yeah. Think about that. That's crazy. So, yes, Julie, I think, I think, um, yeah, better days are ahead. Just get uncomfortable, meet some new people, have a personal goal. One new person a week. Come on, one new person a week. Uh, Dion, good morning. How you doing? Vatsal, good morning. Happy New Year. Oh, Dion's lazy. <laughs> Yeah, Dion, lazy investor. Hey, did you guys see that Dion's Bigger Pockets interview was number two for the year? The only person that beat him was Robert Kiyosaki. So, uh, if you guys are ever on Dion's live stream or whatnot, do me a favor. Uh, tell him congratulations. He uh, he deserves it. He um, he is the definition of a go giver. So, yeah, do me a favor if you. You bump into him, you're on a live stream, make sure you congratulate him. Uh, no con, no, no codon. I am redefining my retirement classification, reallocating my time and resources so I'm no longer retired. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw my live stream this morning, but that was something Betty White said. Betty White, um, God, do I have the notes here? If I, don't, I don't have them. But basically, from my memory, Betty White did not allow herself to use the word retirement. And I totally agree. I'm never going to use that word. I can say I left my W-2, but yeah, drop that word retirement. I think there's a lot of history and proof that people who retire die. I have no interest in doing that. So yeah, I think that's great. I work harder now than I did when I was working building homes. Wow. Good for you. What you doing? Yeah. Do I work harder now? Do I work harder? That's a good question. Mm -mm. 
yeah, I don't think I work harder now. That's only because what I do right now, like from 5.45 to about 10 a.m. every day, seven days a week, I don't consider any of that work. Most of that I would do anyway. I just happen to talk to a camera for, you know, an hour or two a day. But yeah, I don't really consider it work. Do I consider it work? No, I don't consider it work. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. What should I do? What should I be doing in between deals while building capital for the next deal? Rob, awesome question. Number one, never stop looking. Never stop looking. I've met too many people that said, great, Michael, you helped me get my great deal. Thank you. And then six months go by and they don't look and they're like, great, I got my capital. I'm going to try again. I'm like, well, what are you going to do? Learn the market again? It's changed in six months. So Rob, please hear me here. Never stop looking. Second, one of the things I would focus on here is growing your network. I would document what you're doing. I would tell everybody what your buy box is. And this does two things. One, you will get the benefit of your network is your net worth. It's amazing what will happen. But two, you will start laying the groundwork for private money. It took me about six months in 2010-11 of just documenting what Olivia and I were doing every month. And pretty soon I had millions of dollars to invest or access to millions of dollars. I'm not saying that will happen to you, but if you don't do it, you won't know. So I would grow my network. One, never stop looking. Two, focus on growing your network. Three, document what you're doing and tell everybody uh, what it is, whether that's on a blog or Facebook or whatever. You'll never know where you can get access to money and do a deal of the decade. So that's what I would do. Nathan, Julie, look at you. Happy to help. I have built a bunch of processes and goals around building my network in this space. Reach out in the Facebook group. You guys are awesome. Con from Florida. I, I'm, I'm reading these just in case people are listening on the podcast later. Where did it go? I am new to the course. Well, welcome. Enjoy the process. I have over 200K in equity. Good idea to refinance and take cash out to buy a few properties. Well, first off, my answer is um, don't do any of that because it sounds like this is in your home. Let me read that again. Sounds like this is in your home. I'm not a big believer in taking equity out of your home. It's where your kids sleep. It's where you sleep. It's where your wife sleeps or, or husband sleeps either way. Uh, I think you just do the work like the course outline. You, have, you shouldn't be thinking about using equity, in my opinion. Until you know what average is. Don't, don't shortcut the process. Too many people have money or have equity and they're racing to deploy it. Don't do that. Do the work. 60 days, 90 days, figure out average. When you learn your market average is 7% or whatever it's going to be. And then you start finding good, great deals, which could be 9 or 10 in this example. Then you could talk about that. Don't jump to how do I get money or how do I use equity until you do the work. That's, yeah, I guess my, my, my word of advice is don't shortcut the process. Do the work. And then in 60 or 90 days, we'll have a better example of what to do. Does that, hopefully that makes sense. 
hopefully. Michael, I was going to mention the same thing regarding talking with people in person between COVID and political discourse. It's been harder for me to talk to people. You're not alone, Julie. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's weird. That's for sure. John, just did a deal. Congrats, John. Principal and interest, taxes and insurance were spot on when running the numbers. Cool. But didn't figure in escrow payment. Lucky the numbers still work, but be aware. Uh, I'm not sure what that's. So I don't know what you're escrowing other than insurance and taxes. Because usually, John, when people do or when your mortgage company does an escrow, they're escrowing uh, taxes and insurance each month. So it should be in the numbers. But maybe I don't. I don't actually know. What else? Are, what? What? John? What else are they escrowing? Yeah. Let me know below because I think. Yeah, maybe what you did is you did. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know what that would be. Let me know. I want to hear. Uh, Don and Bev. Good morning. Twenty twenty two one rental. Yes. Good morning. Happy New Year. Uh, Lynn Lynn Town TX. I'm there with you. Grew up poor and money was a foreign language. Oh man. It's funny. I mean, <laughs> um, for some reason, there's a TV show that Michael J. Fox, wasn't there, a t this is for the people that are Gen X and above. This is actually a question because I don't remember. But there was a TV show where Michael J. Fox, I think, was in high school. And he was like a preppy or whatever we'd call a preppy. Like he took a briefcase to school. At least this is what I remember. And I thought that's what rich was because my nobody in my family had any money. Nobody had money. Nobody was. I didn't even know what rich looked like. Yeah. Did I know anybody rich back then? No, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. What was that? I want to say trading places, but that was an Eddie Murphy movie. I don't remember. Just M. Should I cash out refi from my home? To invest in rental, wonder if increasing my monthly payment is not a good idea, adding more financial pressure, or is time is the essence and don't want to jump in. Just M, that's I you know, I don't know anything about your situation, but in general, I am not a fan of maximum leverage. YOLO, you only live once. Let's let's mortgage to the hilt. I am not that guy. I think most people should never take cash out of their home. I think most of us should understand and document our budget, needs versus wants, do the work, all of that stuff. I am not your guy that's going to say, I give you permission to risk your family home. Nope, not me. Nope, not that. So I don't know if that hurts or helps, but yeah, that's not my opinion. So folks, we're about 31 minutes into this. Do me a favor. Remember a couple of things. We are going to help a million people here at One Rental at a Time, but I need your help. Like subscribe, share, share, share. And also don't forget book selfies, take card selfies, get the hats. We've got to grow one rental at a time. I can help 10,000 people by myself, but us together, we can get the other 990,000 folks. This is a lifetime goal. Help me out. Every day counts. Thank you very much. Uh, Don and Bev hate escrow accounts. Yep. They always wait till the last moment to pay taxes and it stresses me out. 
that they'll be late. Plus, they always keep 20 to 50% too much money. Yeah, first year or so, yep. Uh, yeah, from doing your course, seems your financial health course is about saving rate, savings rate more than anything. Do you use after-tax income as a basis of measurement? It's not necessarily after, well, it's more like, so there's income after tax, but what I really get wanted people focus on, Yan, is discretionary income. Again, one of the things that you will see about me is I talk about things that most people don't. A lot of people want to go, I make 50 grand a year, 100 grand a year. That means nothing. Some of you are like, I take home four grand a month, four grand a month. I don't care. What I want to talk about is that last number at the bottom. How many of you are living check to check? You take home four, you spend a thousand, you spend 800, you spend 200, you spend 300, you spend pretty soon you got $75 left that's discretionary. You're screwed. Too many people don't understand where they are. That how to get started or that get your money right course is so awesome. It helps you focus on the most important number that no one talks about, discretionary income. Rolden, who we talked about above, he bought the course even though he was comfortable. He did the work and he goes, shit, we're comfortable in wasting 12 or 1400 bucks a month. Now they know what needs versus want are. He's saving an extra $2,000 a month. And this is what Matt and I will talk about on Tuesday. It's not income. It's not net income. It's how many financial commitments you have against net income. And what's that small number at the bottom? That's what the course is about. So not quite after tax, but it's called discretionary income. Let's see. My work now consists of remodeling rental properties and looking for better deals, new construction quads coming this year. Uh, no con Don, do me a favor. Uh, if you're up for it, let's do an interview on my channel if you're if you're comfortable with it. I'd love to interview you about doing some construction and, and all of that. It's an area I don't have expertise in. And as always, I like to bring on new material. So if you're up for that, send me a direct message offline and we'll interview you sometime in January if you're okay with that. Bo, happy new year. Uh, happy 2022. Julie, Nathan, you're awesome. Uh, yes, may you all have the year you deserve. <laughs> Dion, I like it. Oh, family ties. Yes, that was the one. Family ties. I don't know what it was about Michael J. Fox's character, but I looked at him because I think I was younger. I know I was younger. I, I think he was like, 15 or 16, and I was like nine. I remember looking at him going, I want to be him. I have no idea why I wanted to be a dork in high school, but apparently that's what I wanted to do. I don't know, it's crazy. Uh, started with Justin Bateman, Kevin Gross, Tina Yothers. You guys are awesome. 80s, 90s trivia for 2000. <laughs> yeah. Lumberjack Landlord is the smartest ninth grade dropout I've ever met. He, I have a master's degree, and I swear he's smarter than I am. Just goes to show you street smarts, hard work beats, edu what is it, classic education all the time. Who is the non-cumulator you recommended again? I reached out to the wrong guy. 
I use Stephen Dow from Velocity Mortgage, S-D-A-O at VelocityMortgage.com. I talk to him every Friday. He has a playlist on my channel called, I think it's called Stephen Dow Velocity Mortgage. Yeah, I don't hide anything. If I use somebody and gets good work, I give back. So, yeah, I think Stephen has two videos going live today, actually. So, yeah, that's, that's who I use. Uh, Happy New Year. Yep. You mean the net income after expenses like cash flow gain? Um, again, it's not net income. It's discretionary income. Net income is after taxes. Discretionary income is what dollars do you have that are not committed? Mortgage, rent, food, health insurance, all of that. So you're, I think you're saying the right – I think you mean the right thing, but you're using the wrong vocabulary, so I want to twist it. Gross income, net income, discretionary income. Get your money right. The $99 course is about discretionary income, not net income, not gross income. Sean, I saw an article where they think the Fed funds rate can only go up to 1.75 before there's a recession. What are your thoughts on this? Um, so I think I've been pretty clear. I think there is a recession in the offering. I've also been pretty clear that I think the Fed has to cause a recession. Yes, I said it. I think the only way you break inflation is a business cycle recession. I think all of that has to happen if we are want to do it. I do not think the government wants to do it, but I think they have to. So a Fed funds rate at 175 means 30-year mortgages probably – it's probably oh, 5%. Is that right? It's almost 5%. Uh, I will say it this way. Sean, I believe we have a recession if the 30-year mortgage rate hits 5%. The Fed funds rate, 175. Then there's a margin, all of that. I think there's a recession if the 30-year mortgage is at 5. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 175. Yeah, I yeah. That feels about right. That feels about right. One yeah, one I would say between one and a half and two percent could be enough to put a recession. Certainly two percent. Yeah, I think that I don't know where the article came from, but yeah, I that makes sense to me. Yeah, I think so. Good morning, happy new year. Thank you very much. At what point do you feel rich? At three million net worth, I'm still not there. I still be lean for probably five more years. That's a good question, Julie. Uh, and again, I freely admit that I'm an oddball. I, I believe net worth is it's the wrong metric. Uh, and again, I say that as somebody who lived through the last crash and watched assets fall off a cliff. For me, Julie, the most important thing is uh, cash flow. I felt rich. <laughs> I felt rich for the first time. And I think I've told this story, but the very first time I felt rich, um, I think I was in Australia. And this was like 2012 or 13. We'd bought a couple of houses that were trashed. And I called Olivia, you know, how you doing? Blah, 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 all that stuff. And I'm like, honey, um, did we have to move money over to our real estate accounts to fix those? houses because 
I didn't do it. And I don't think you did it. She's like, no, we, we didn't have to. I'm like, how can that be? And she basically said the words that I've been waiting to hear for 12 years. Cash flow, we, we, we were able to do that from the cash flow from our units. That was the first time. It's not net worth. It's not income for me, Julie. It's cash flow. If you can live off five grand and your cash flow is 10, you're rich. Net worth, it doesn't matter. I know, a lot to, I know lots of people who are worth 10 million bucks that live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, so I'm not a big fan of net worth, although 3 million is an awesome job. You're in the top 1%, I think. But for me, it's cash flow. It is, it's cash flow. So for me, it's, okay, 3 million bucks. How much cash flow does that work? How much does that produce? And again, I admit I'm kind of wonky, but that's how I look at the world. Uh, rolled in. By the way, all the numbers on this spreadsheet have to do with our W-2 lifestyle as I don't mix in rental income and expenses with our personal life. That's awesome. Rolled in. I don't know if you saw my email this morning, but I couldn't open it on my phone. Could you send it again? I'll try to open it on my computer later, but just in case I couldn't open it, um, send it to me again. That'd be good. Chester. Yep. Stephen Dow at Velocity Mortgage. S. Dow at Velocity Mortgage. Yep. Thank you, Chester. Uh, just M. I'm also new to your course and I found a lot of value. Awesome. Dion self-management videos have a ton of great tactics from his experience. Good stuff. Yeah. I, um, I am so lucky, honored, um, privileged, whatever you want to call it, that the one rental at a time brand and story has grown to a size where other amazing contributors want to add content. Whether it's Ryan Nickel was the first with uh, creative financing or Dion and Matt adding 4321 or self-management or Jason, who has just done an amazing Burr strategy, which will be loaded this weekend. Um, it is not lost on me that um, it's a true honor that that happens. How to get started one rental at a time as it exists with what I've created alone is worth the price of admission. The Facebook group that comes with it now for free is worth the cost by itself. Then you look at the bonus sections that are there now and coming. This should be a $1,000 course. I have talked to, and I've actually had gurus call me. They find my number somewhere. They call me and go, I want to buy one rental at a time, the brand. I want to do this. I want to do that. You're not charging enough. I'm like, who the hell are you and go away? This is this is our thing. We are not doing this. I'm not here to maximize my money. But yes, the, the cost will go up Monday. I already told you on the daily in the show it'll go to 320 or 319. The mentoring one's gonna go up to 649. So if you want any either of those, buy it today because Monday they go up. And then they will go up again this year. Uh, because I'm going to chase down all these amazing content creators to get those extra sessions. I'm not going to jack up the price as much as I planned, because frankly, all the content I planned didn't show up. So yeah, pretty crazy. And again, if you buy it now, you don't. I don't. You don't pay any more later. Yeah, it's not how I roll. Let's see. Since using the spreadsheet, our discretionary income has become approximately 50% of W-2, allowing our savings to increase. Rolden, this is, um, was it Yan, I think? Yan, this is what I'm trying to do. It's discretionary income, not gross, not net, discretionary. 
And when you can get your discretionary up from basically zero to half your income, you are winning. And then if you can get your discretionary income above your expenses, you're done. Uh, back to, I think it was Julie. My discretionary income is higher than my monthly income. I'm rich. That's how I measure that. Yeah. Happy New Year, WT. Chester, we should be looking at things uh, the way Einstein did. Okay. In relative terms. One thing I've learned is that the most valuable things in life aren't absolutes. They're relatives. I'm going to look that up. I'm not sure. Figuratively and literally. Oh, they're relatives. Ah, you see? Very creative wordplay there. I like it. No kadan. Net worth is like a credit score. Fluctuates each day. Yeah, I agree. And it's an opinion. Yeah. And oh, by the way, you can have your net, you can have the same set of assets and your net worth is different, just like your credit score, right? Transworld does this. The other one does this. The other one does, it's just, it's craziness. Michael, moments where you reach a milestone by surprise are awesome. Yeah, I remember that. I remember the first time I filled my truck with fuel and didn't have to think about what bills were coming up. What about what the balance was? Yeah. Yeah, I've had a few of those. Both, yeah, it's pretty amazing. It man, make, just knowing the work's paying off. And again, back to the get your money right course, a lot of that's that discretionary number. For too many people that discretionary number, here this is so sad. I did the, the exercises in the course are things I do with my friends. So I did a version of this with a guy who makes a hundred at the time. This was, when was this? This might've been 2012 or 2013. So let's say it's 2013. This guy made 180 grand a year. On the surface, if I told you you made 180 grand a year, you probably feel rich, right? Okay. Well, his net income after taxes, 401k, all of that stuff was like, um, I think it was 125 or maybe 135. Let's say 130. Again, most of you, 130? Dude, that's 10 grand a month. That's almost 11 grand a month. Most of you be like, score, I'm living in the big house. Here's the thing. I did the budget exercise with him and his wife, mainly with him. And we found out that somebody who made 180 grand a year had a discretionary income of $200. I think it was 207. I don't know about you, but having $2400 a year discretionary if you're making 180 grand sucks. It's horrible. It's the worst I've ever seen. And this individual happened to be stressed. I looked at him, I pointed at that number, and I said, "You should be freaking out." $200 discretionary a month? You're a freaking moron. You, you're, one, you're one flat tire from being broke. It's not income. It's not net income. It's discretionary income. Most people don't get it. You won't get it unless you do the course. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I could. That's so bad. So bad. Uh, okay. Uh, just M. I like a particular location for a rental. Okay, sounds like a buy box to me. But the cost to acquire is too high. Okay, the yield doesn't work very well. Okay, should I make the cash flow positive and just hold for equity in the long run? Uh, so again, I don't know the area. Um, 
I don't believe on appreciation. I don't believe alligators. I don't believe any of that stuff. I believe in doing the work, figuring out what average is, and then trying to find good or great deals. For example, I have somebody in San Diego, California. They have a, a particular area in San Diego where the average yield is 2%. Again, lots of people that follow my work think 2% sucks. But hey, I'm not going to judge you. If you want to be in San Diego and that's all you want to do and you want to go self-manage and do all that stuff, great. Now that you know average, go find 4 or 5%. I do not believe in... Uh, creating alligators, negative cash flow. I do not believe on banking on appreciation. I believe in doing the work and eventually finding a good or great deal. If you can't, if you if you spend six months doing the work and you can't find one, then pull out a map like Olivia and I did and start, start drawing circles and go find a new buy box. I do not like the idea of giving up and betting on appreciation. I don't like that. Yan, when I get my non-W-2 income above my monthly expenses, I consider myself wealthy. Wealthy, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think I've actually said that exact statement. I believe a lot of people talk about net worth. For me, Yan, you could have a net worth of 100 grand. But if your uh, passive income or semi-passive income exceeds your expenses, you win. You're done. So yeah, I think that's, I think I've actually said that exact statement, or if I didn't say it, I certainly meant to say it. Oh, I closed my last deal uh, of the 2021 on New Year's Eve, two years in a row doing that. Congratulations. Um, do me a favor, send me a, a direct message, direct message? Yeah, I guess that's what they're called. Um, and I'll send you one of these cards with your address. Congratulations. Income relative to expenses and when people feel rich or poor. Yep, I agree. I appreciate all your daily content. Thank you for the hard work. Hope you don't get burned out. Three years going. This is what we got. Curious on your opinion of PropStream. Uh, I'm asking about an annual discount, and they offer $970, normally $1,200. Uh, so, Chester, I have a relationship, or I have PropStream on my channel. I think there's a link below. They give you a discount if you mention one rental at a time. I think PropStream is interesting because it's one way you can really dig into your buy box. Because when I learned my buy box, all I had was active listings. If I had had PropStream back then, I could have looked at the Mayfair District 93703 in an entirely different way. Uh, also, it allows you to market, which is something I didn't do, go direct to owners. There's a lot of things that PropStream brings. Data sources like I've never seen. It's interesting. It does have an expense. You have to, you have to use it. Um, but yeah, one rental at a time can give you a discount. I, it sounds like it may or you already may have a discount. But yeah, I think I think PropStream is interesting. I'm trying to set up a <coughs> discussion with them where they will, where I again will use PropStream to do a marketing campaign. I want to record how that happens. So yeah, I think there's I think they're okay. I'm trying to, like I said, I'm trying to schedule time with him right now. Uh, what's his name? Burton. I'm trying to schedule time with Burton to do that. Julie, I'm privileged to know how to live poor. <laughs> That's a funny quote. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Oh, 
Yeah, prop stream relative to the MLS, it is um, prop stream. It depends on what you want. The MLS gives you active listings. Active listings. Prop stream can give you active listings, but it gives you everything else. For me, it's, when I looked at it, um, it really allows you to dig into your buy box in endless amounts of detail that active listings don't. You can find out just so much more information. Uh, but if you're only looking for active listings, don't even bother. Save your money. Save a thousand bucks. If you're not going to use it for marketing, like creating lists, probably don't bother. Um, yeah, I think I think there's a I think they gave me a link for a seven day trial. I think I have a playlist. I think called PropStream. Yeah, or maybe it's called Big Data. I don't know what I called it, but yeah, it's all there. Yeah, disciplined expensed management, not poor. Yeah, I do like the word. I'm actually comfortable saying that. Yeah, poor. Yeah, frugal, maybe frugal. Yeah, frugal. Yeah, cheap, frugal, frugal. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever you're comfortable with. You're doing the right things, Julie. Aaron, starting out, what is it you said again about ORAT out of state? Don't recommend. No, I don't. Um, it wasn't for me. So again, what I just again to remind everybody of the story. 2002, I live in the Bay Area. All the books say invest 30 minutes from home. I waste a year looking around my house. It doesn't work. I have a choice. Get on an airplane to go see my stuff or get in my car. I hate to fly. I hate to fly. I hate to fly. So out of state was out. We pulled out a California map and we found Fresno. Out-of-state can work. In fact, I added a, added a bonus section from someone who does it. Again, I do not talk about what I don't know. Uh, Millennial Mike added content for out-of-state. It can work, but just realize you've got to go see it. You've got to build a team. You've got to have checks and balances. So, yeah, it's not that I don't recommend it. It's just an extra layer of work that wasn't that I didn't want to do. Last question from Donovan because I have my 9 o'clock with my private Facebook group. Looking to buy a new home from our growing family, but are planning to keep current home. Cool. After team restructuring in Canada, 30 years, only locked for five after case of <coughs> It will only cash flow of 30 to $40. Would you sell and lock in better profit? Ooh. So I guess there's a couple of things that I don't know about Canada, Donovan. What are going on with rents? Are rents going up like the U.S. where maybe... $30 becomes more next year or the year after. Because I got to tell you, <laughs> I just got to tell you straight up, I would not do a deal. I'll, I'll say it this way. I would not buy a house that only cash flows 30 or 40 bucks. You're not even a broken water heater from losing. You break a water heater, you've lost money for two years. Yeah, 30 or 40 bucks is not enough. The margin of safety is not there for me. So you do have a choice. You could you could pay down the mortgage and increase cash flow, right? That's a possibility. Um, but again, if this was me, I'm not keeping, I would not keep an asset that only had $30 of cash flow. It's basically zero. It's basically, <coughs> it's basically negative 100, frankly. <coughs> You have one turn you have one tenant turnover. You have no cash flow for 5 years. 
Yeah, I mean, that's just a bad number. I'm sorry. $30 is not enough. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's pretty scary. 30 Yeah, it's not enough. All right, folks, I need to get some water because I talked to my private Facebook group in five minutes, four minutes now. So I want to wish you a happy January 1st. Again, remember, if you've ever thought about getting the course, you are lucky. You have till Monday to get it now. Uh, if you're going to do the mentoring option, you definitely got to buy it because it's going up 50 bucks. Lastly, I got to track down all these content creators so we can add more and more value. So have a good day, everyone. Take care of yourself. January 1st, 2022. Crazy. Thanks.